Greetings, everyone, and welcome to Under the Fig Tree. I'm Troy. I'm Bruce. We have my wife, Tisha. And we are so grateful that you joined us today. We have a very, very interesting topic today. And we decided to title this The Unbelieving Believer. And it's shocking sometimes how we find ourselves in this, uh, sometimes unknowingly. And I think this was something that was very relevant today. And I think, in fact, I'm sure there's going to be plenty of people that will get something out of this. We follow along in the conversation. Yeah, I'm excited about it. I know Tisha's excited as well. Truly. Because the, the three of us, for, the, for our listeners, the three of us have been around the kingdom for a little while. And it's, and it's just really interesting, some of the things that we can pull on in relation to this subject from our own lives, just walking this thing out with God, and certainly things that we see within the body of Christ. I, I want to start with this, Troy and Tisha. I believe, not, not terribly long ago, I believe I heard from the Lord, and I believe that the Lord said to me, I have many unbelieving believers, and he actually said, and I have many non-believing believers. And I just thought that was real interesting, man. Mm. It is interesting. If I heard correctly, that's what I heard. I have many unbelieving believers, and I have many non-believing believers. So in if I heard correctly, right, then in God's eyes, there's a bit of a difference. And I think as we talk it out, I think we'll begin to kind of unpack that and maybe see some of the differences between people who will not believe yeah. and people who are just weak in their faith. Yeah, there's and a big so difference. I think there's a big difference there and worth worth uh, exploring. What do you think, Tisha? Definitely. It's almost like we've got an oxymoron or, or, or something that God is trying to show us that there's a non-believing believer and an unbelieving believer. And you're like, okay, Lord, <laughs> what does that really mean? And I think as we begin to jump into some scripture and really pull down, we'll, we'll see just what that means. I know for me in situations where I've been in tests and trials and you just feel like you're just barely a believer in and of itself, you're hanging on by a thread, as we would call it, of faith or a thread of hope to see the expected end. And a lot of times we can beat ourselves up in those situations simply because we 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 are maybe not exhibiting the faith of whoever we esteem highly, the right. faith of David or the sure. faith of, you know, we, we, we beat ourselves up. But, you know, life is <laughs> a real place and a real thing. And I feel like this topic is going to shed light and, and help us maneuver in those situations where your faith may be struggling a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I think uh, you, we're going to find plenty of examples in here. I think of both the unbelieving and the non-believer. I, I'd like to start, if we could, with the non-believer, okay. the non-believing believer, because I think that's very pertinent because I, I know that definitely sounds like the oxymoron, but it's, I don't think that when we mention the topic and we mention that phrase, the non-believing believer, I think people are going to look at that in a total sense. And it's uh-huh. really not in a total sense. Right. Like you can believe who God is and you can believe in, in the power of God and you sure. can, you can be a believer by way of Jesus Christ. But then you could be that non-believer because you don't believe he's going to do things for you. Right. Exactly. Um, there are some can be quite honest. There are some people, there are some denominations, there are some, uh, doctrines that do teach that some of the gifts like healing and, and, uh, uh some of these different manif- manifestations of the uh, gifts of the spirit have ceased. Yes. Um, and there's literally no, ex- uh, um, uh, there's no 
evidence of that whatsoever. Right. That it stopped. Right. But because that's the way they were taught, that's the way they were trained, they believe that if you're going to be healed, it's only God's will. Yeah. Only by and 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 you have to be careful with that too, because it's kind of like splitting hairs, but it's the will of the Father for us to be in health and yes. prosper, even as our souls prosper. Yes. But then there's some that say, hey, you know what? I, I don't believe that. There's there's certain people, if you're going to be sick, you're just going to be sick. Yeah. And I think that's where it comes down. It's not just with sickness, it's with other things too. But I think that's where that non-belief, I, I just won't believe that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree 100%. I, I'll tell you what, can I put out a different definition? Let's yes. Go. Yes. I was just going to say that. The definition of unbelief and I pulled this from Thayer's, I have a definition of unbelief. This is interesting to me. Disobedience. Oh, man. Is one of the definitions of unbelief. Wow. Willful choosing not to believe is one of the definitions of unbelief. Unfaithfulness and faithless is one of the definitions of unbelief. Yeah. Weakness of faith is in there as well, right? Mm. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief, right? Um, And then uh, I thought this was interesting. It uses the term in the definition, and, you know, we we understand all of us went to English classes, and we understand that it's not a great definition if you're using the word that you're trying to define. Correct. But in this situation, it says disbelief. And in parentheses, it has obstinate and rebellious. Wow. That's where you get That's dangerous. That's really interesting. <laughs> That's really yeah. interesting. And it's almost like the definition gave us layers and le- yeah. um, levels yes. of unbelief. What I want to look at is what are we calling a believer for the purpose of this conversation? What are we calling a believer? Are we simply calling a believer one who believes that Jesus was risen from the dead? Sure. Your sins are forgiven. Because, and I want to make that clear because there's, we can believe in a whole lot of things and we have a vast audience. So we're calling a believer, one that believes in Jesus Christ, that he was raised from the dead and that he took away your sins and that you are in right standing because of the price he paid. Yeah. That is what we're calling a believer. That is the, that's the bare minimum for this conversation. And, And that's great that you cleared that because then that, takes us across all denominations, takes us across yeah, it all, does. Yeah. you know, we're not dealing with doctrinal things in relation to who we're calling a believer today in this conversation. So that's great that you did that. So now that we have the definition of the believer, we have a definition of unbelief. I think we can probably look at some stories. Bruce, you already just mentioned one. You, you pulled a, a little bit of the text out. Yeah. I believe that's in, it's in Mark chapter nine. I believe it's Mark chapter nine. Okay. And I'm going I'm to just start at verse 23. It says, and Jesus said to him, if you can. So 20, 21, 22, maybe 20, 21, 22. For those of you who may not be familiar with the story, here's a man who's come and he's asking Jesus to do something for him. And basically says to Jesus, if you will, you can do this. And Jesus, I like to say it like this. He put the ball back in his court. Yeah, he did. Yeah. And he said, well, no, no, no. If you can believe, right? All things are possible for those who believe. Immediately, the father of the child cried out and said, I believe, help my unbelief. That's a really, really good scripture, I think, to start with, right? Because yeah. it's obvious that he's trying to believe. Right. Yeah. And he realizes that he's struggling. So I think a lot of believers, if they're honest, they'll find themselves in this position at several points in their walk. Absolutely. Right? So if we go from faith to faith, Right. I think uh, the the graduation from one faith to the other faith 
is going to be met with challenges. Because how else do you build faith, right? right? Yes. So I believe that God did this for me, but now I'm at this next level of faith, and now I'm looking at something totally different. Yeah. And it almost puts you back in the state that you were before. Yeah. But then once you start to remember, okay, like David, the same God that delivered me from the hand or the paw of the bear and the yeah. lion is the same God that's going to deliver. Once you get that mentality, I think it helps. But until you get that mentality, yeah. you can find yourself in the same situation. Sure that this guy is in, you know, sure. even with dealing with his son. What I love about this story, you mentioned it, Jesus put the ball back in his court. Yes, so absolutely. Yeah. He was met with the if, so Jesus responded with an if. That's right. So there's a condition that he met Jesus with, and Jesus gave him back a condition. Exactly. So if you can help my son, he said, well, if you believe, I will. Yeah. I love that. So the ball is always back on us because, yes. honestly, on this side of the cross, he's already done everything. Right. So now we just receive it by faith. Yeah, and and living in that place or experiencing that place of help my unbelief, Lord. It's a conversation that you're having with the Lord. And what I saw as you guys were talking, you're really dispelling fear. Mm -hmm. You're really dealing with the fear that God just may not come through for me this time. And especially it's very relevant or very pronounced when you have others let's say you saw a situation and that situation from somebody else's life did not turn out the way you thought it should maybe you prayed into it maybe you watched their life and you you saw them praying and it did not turn out for them Mm -hmm. and you don't have the question the answer i should say as to why it didn't work so then the enemy will bring that image to what he didn't heal so sister so-and-so's or right. this didn't work out for your mama or right. whatever that issue is and there's that battle that goes on in your heart yeah. and i believe that's what happened with this guy if you read the the story the disciples couldn't cast him out right you yeah. know what i mean exactly. and so it's like oh my gosh if his disciples can't uh, maybe jesus can't maybe jesus cannot do this they're supposed to they were casting out demons in other places they were doing other things my yeah. son is a a case that no one has ever you know is a heavy case and so it's that battle there and god is so merciful yes. he's so merciful yeah. and even in the state that that guy was in when he cried help my unbelief yeah. i personally believe that he was still not fully believing Mm-hmm. Oh sure. You, you see, do, does that make sense? I well, don't he feel says like it. Yeah, he said he basically says, "I'm trying, Lord." Yeah. If you yeah. can say it like that, yeah. yeah. God says, Jesus says, "No, it's it's in your it's in your hands. You need to believe." And it's like he says, "I'm trying." Yeah. yeah. I really am trying. What's amazing, Tisha, is that that was enough for Jesus to yes. do the miracle. Yeah. Exactly. Mustard seed faith. Yes. That's yes. the point. Mustard seed. Yeah. yeah, because Mustard even seed. his response was in, in was in faith. Yes, he came he came to Jesus. Yes, he had to do that in faith. Right, and even saying help my unbelief. All yep. of that. He's going to the person who can actually help his yes, unbelief. Who so can he's still acting in faith. Yeah. And Jesus helped his unbelief. Yeah. healed his son. Absolutely. And now, if I could, I'd like to continue on and talk about the piece where he interacts with his disciples after he heals the man. Love it. Let's go. But I want to switch to Matthew 17, Matthew's version of the same scenario in order to finish that out. So in Matthew 17, verse 20, well, I should go to verse 19. It says, then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast it out? Mm -hmm. So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, 
For assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith as a, as a mustard seed, right, mm-hmm. you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. This is what I want to get to. Verse 21. Mm-hmm. Jesus continues, and he says, however, this kind goes not out except by prayer and fasting. Yeah. All of my life, most of my life growing up in the church, it was my understanding that he was basically saying that in order to cast this particular type of demon out, you have to be prayed up and fasted up, if I can say it like that. Right. And then one day I, the Lord said to me, he said, no, that's not what I was talking about. Correct. I was talking because the conversation didn't change. The conversation was about why we couldn't cast him out. So Jesus deals with why you guys could, he answers the question. He does. Uh-huh. You 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 want to get out of this level of unbelief? Start fasting and praying. Correct, and and you'll start pushing out of that place of unbelief and into a place of real faith. So I wanted to make sure that we added that piece in there. Yeah, it's important to look at that because I I was taught the same thing. I'm pretty sure you were taught the same thing. Yeah. But you really have to sit back. This is why you got to ask questions, mm-hmm. right? That's why it's important to ask questions when you're looking at this whole scenario between Jesus and his disciples. They said, why couldn't we cast it out? Jesus immediately starts talking about faith. Yep. He never addresses the demonic. He never did it. At any point during that conversation, he never addressed the demonic. Never addressed it. The only thing he was talking about was their faith. Yep. In fact, that was the first thing he said, because of your unbelief. Yep. And we we taught all kind of other things about that, but he literally said, because of your unbelief, when we look at it in Mark, uh, he he was saying all things are possible to him that believes, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. So looking at those two together, if you if you ask certain questions of the text, and I always caution people, make sure you question the text. Make sure you question the text. Ponder it in your heart. Take it before God. You'll get the answers. But when you actually question the text, you have to say it, look at it this way. If I fast for 40 days and 40 nights, and I pray for 40 days and 40 nights, but I don't believe I can cast out that, de- that demon, is it going anywhere? Nope. Yeah. Absolutely not. So it's not the fasting and the prayers, like you said. Right. The fasting and the prayer pushes out the unbelief. That's right. And now once that unbelief is out the way, now I can deal with that. Yes. So I think it's important that you brought that up. I'm glad you did bring that up. But you really have to dissect the whole thing and yeah. think it out. Say, hey, look, if he's saying all things are possible to him that believes, he's not yeah. saying all things are possible to him that fast and prays. That's right. That's it's the exactly belief. Right. And I think sometimes we overlook the belief. Yeah. Because of all the other things. so That's really good. Yeah, and we really have to be careful that we're paying attention when we're praying and fasting to why we're praying and fasting. That's a great point. Because you point. will be praying and fasting for something when you should be praying and fasting to draw near to him. Oh, and on. that is what's going to drive out so good. the unbelief. So, so good. I'm glad you said that because I had a friend of mine years ago. He called me. He said, hey, brother, can you go on a fast with me? And I said, what are we fasting for? So I didn't say okay, because once I say okay, I'm obligated. So I need to know why we're fasting. And he answered, he said, so I can get a job. I said, no, I'm not going to fast with you for that. And he got upset. Why not? I said, because that's not a fast. That's what a fast is for. I said, that's a hunger strike. (laughs) And if you think that we're going to move God by not eating, we'll die. (laughs) 
<laughs> we'll both die. We'll starve to death. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's a hunger strike. A hunger yes, strike is. is not going to move God. Yeah. I said, now, if you want to fast and we'll pray together uh, so that you can hear clearly what your next step is, I'm all for that. Yeah. But if it's just so you can get something from God, no, no, God's not going to be moved by a hunger strike. So I'm That's glad right. you brought that up. Yeah. That's good. We we really need to, when we're looking at this non-believing, unbelieving believer, We I would like to just shift a little bit, if I could, and just talk a little bit about Abraham. Mm-hmm. Because I think, you know, one of the things we say is Abraham believed God it was counted to him as righteousness. Yep. Right. And but there there's a place in Genesis seventeen <laughs> <laughs> where there's a question that comes up in Abraham's heart. And God had came and visited uh, Abraham and in Genesis seventeen verse eighteen, God is talking to him, telling him about the fact that he's gonna have a child and all this side. And at this point, Abraham he's like, God, I'm cool. I got Ishmael. You yeah. know, I didn't did what I need to do. I understand you didn't come through the way you think. It's okay. It's okay. So in verse 18, it says, And Abraham said unto God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before thee. You, have you ever been in a place where you're like, Okay, God, I'm, I'll be satisfied with just this. Mm. I know you yeah. gave me the mm. big thing. I know you gave me the big vision. Oh, boy. But I'll just shrink back and be sad. It's okay, God. Yeah. I'll be satisfied with just this. That's way, way impossible. Mm. That's way, way too big. I'm I'm a shrink back. And it says in verse 19, and God said, Sarah, thy wife <laughs> shall bear thee a son indeed. God is saying, listen, I said what I said. I meant what I said. <laughs> yeah. That's the bottom line. Bottom line. Yeah. I, I know the plans I have for you. That's right. Plans to prosper you, to give you hope in the future. He knows the plans. And so a lot of times in our faith, we will tend to shrink back. And I love this because we credit Abraham, and it to, rightly so, because rightly the Bible, so. Bible yeah. says that, yeah. to do so, that he, it was counted to him. That's righteous. But look at this moment that Abraham had. And what I want to just highlight is it's okay to have a moment with God. I think sometimes we need to bring those moments to God so that he can come back as he did in verse 19. And God said, Sarah, thy wife shall bear thee a son indeed. Indeed, without question, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Yeah, he pointed him back to the promise. He pointed him back to the promise. And then within his walk, he took care of Ishmael too. He said, yeah. I heard your cry about Ishmael. I'm going to bless him. Yeah. But the promise, what I've said, is coming through your seed, through Sarah. And so what I love about this story is even in the believing, unbelieving believer, right? Yeah. So you got Abraham, who's the believing, unbelieving believer. <laughs> you see the mercy of God. Yeah. It's all about, I, I, I really feel like in this unbelieving, believing situation, you keep your relationship pliable in the before God, you will conquer anything that you face yeah. Yeah. when it comes to unbelief. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, for any of our listeners, uh, if you've listened to any of these podcasts, at, at some point you're going to hear that word relationship. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because that's what it boils back to. We have to recognize something when it comes to God. Sometimes we approach God as though we can trick him. Mm. <laughs> you know, and pretend that we we're just so full of of faith, and we we act like God doesn't know where our doubts are and where, quite frankly, our insecurities are. Listen, can I say it this way? Where our insecurities are concerning Him, right? Yeah. Right. Right. But He sees all of that. 
Yeah. So the best thing to do is just confess it. Yes. That's what I love about the man in, in Mark chapter 9, yes. uh, Matthew 17. He just came out and I, said I, it. I believe, help my unbelief. That's it, man. I'm trying my yeah. best. And I yeah. think that's what you do. You, you just go to God and just confess. That's the beauty of it. Yeah. Is unbelief sin? I think personally it is. But it depends on what you do with that, right? Yes. So if you look at that as sin, what does the Bible tell you about that? If you confess your Sin. sin unto God. He's faithful and he's just, just not mm-hmm. only to forgive you of that sin, but then do what? Cleanse, Cleanse you of the world. sin. Yeah. Right. 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 So that confession of that sin gives God the ability to take that away from you. Yeah. Gives absolutely. him permission to. So I think that's a way to look at it too. If I could, I want to deal with Romans 8 1. There is therefore now no condemnation. Sure. Mm-hmm. To those which are in Christ Jesus. That's good. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. And what happens a lot when that unbelief thought, that unbelief situation rises, the enemy will come and try to beat you (laughs) down. Mm -hmm. I mean, he'll try to beat you down with that. And even when you're trying to, for lack of a better way, I'm going to say muster up (laughs) some faith and muster up some belief. Nah, but you had that thought. Nah, but you don't think God will do it. Nah, but you don't. No, no, no. And no, you remember you just confessed out your mouth. You're sick. You just confessed out your mouth that that your finances will never be the same. There is therefore now no condemnation. If you were being condemned and whipped, Know that you're under spiritual attack, and you need to deal with it accordingly. Exactly. And that stuff doesn't come from God. No. I would recommend for every believer, every believing believer, (laughs) (laughs) and even the unbelieving believer, go read Romans 8. Romans 8 is really all about your relationship with Holy Spirit. Right. From the beginning to the end. It's, if you dissect it into three parts, it just it, it, at the beginning it shows you no condemnation, and then in the middle it shows you that you can't be defeated, and then by the end it shows you you can't be separated right. yeah, from God's it's love. Good. It's, it's good. a right. great chapter. Every believer should should dig deep into Romans eight. But wh- why I say this is because I love that you brought that scripture up. The very first thing He wants you to know about your relationship with Him is there is therefore now. No, no condemnation, condemnation. Okay. to those that that uh, um, are in Christ Jesus. Yeah, who walk after the Spirit and not by the flesh. Right. That's the first thing He wants you to know about your relationship with Him, and I that's think right. that's a wonderful point to bring up. That's right. That's right. I'm looking at Hebrews 11 as well. Yeah. Hebrews 11:6, and without faith, yes, it is impossible to please Him. Yes, I think that's important for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I never saw this before. Okay. Okay. Go back to your story, Mark. Mm -hmm. He that comes to God must first believe that he is. That man recognized who Jesus was. Yep. Yeah. He came to him. He recognized who he was. Yep. And then it goes on to say he's a rewarder. Wow. Look what ha- I've never Look seen that, that before awesome. until yeah. just now. That's awesome. He's a rewarder of those that diligently that seek. Diligently him. seek. He didn't him. just leave it at the point that if you can do something. Right. When Jesus responded to him, he kept seeking. Yep. Because yes. he said, "Help my unbelief." Oh, sure that is did. so good. He That's said, "Help really my unbelief." I've never seen that until right now. That's really Help good. Help my unbelief, and because he diligently sought God, look at the reward. Yeah, I love that. That's good, man. Look at that's that so persistent good. lifestyle. I love that. That's a persistent person. Yeah. That's an intentional person. That's a person who has something that they want from God. They're not, that's a Jacob 
person. Yeah, yeah, there you go. That's a Jacob person, a person of integrity, a person that is trying to walk in that thing. And what I love about Jacob is Jacob, he said, I'm not letting go until you bless me. Right. Yeah. Now, he was already blessed. Yeah, Cattle and cows and putting, you know, spotted Sticks and unspotted sticks and God just <laughs> right. manifesting <laughs> stuff, supernatural right? Stuff. Supernatural stuff. This guy is already blessed, and he says, "I will not let you go into." He stole the birthright. He had the oh, not the birthright and the. Uh, he had the blessing. The yeah. blessing. He mm-hmm. already had the blessing yeah. on his life, but he comes into contact with a man that he knows has something for him. And he says, I will not let you go into, it was that seeking yeah, yeah, that kept him in all his, and so what I love about that and bringing that back to the unbelieving believer, seek God. Yeah. Yeah. Keep it, even in those moments where you're just like, really like, I don't even know if this, keep God before you, yeah. keep the, the promise before you seek God and he will get you through it. Yeah, I can remember on a personal level, I can remember really trying to believe God for a particular thing. And it, it was a thing, right? But mm-hmm. I went to God. God, I'd, I'd like to have this for my family. And I went to him and I felt like, like, dude, right? Because yeah. I went to him. <laughs> but at the same time, in my mind, I'm saying, I don't know how this is going to happen. Yeah. You know? right. But I did go to him. But one of the things that I did, I rem- this was many, many years ago. I think I was wanting to buy a house. And one of the things that I did was when I went to God, I pulled on the gifts, the gifts yeah. of the Spirit. And I asked mm-hmm. him because we were told we could ask. Right. That's right. So one of the gifts is called the gift of faith. The gift of faith. And so I felt very much like, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief, let the gift of faith operate for me in this particular thing mm-hmm. yeah. and he granted it. Wow. Amen. He granted it. And all of a sudden I felt myself re- rise above all of the doubts and all of the stuff. And I became focused that this is going to happen. Yeah. I don't need to know how it's going to happen. I just know this is going to happen. So and then the thing happened. I love so that. I want to say that also, you yeah. know, to our, don't forget about the gifts, man. You know, yeah. Yeah. don't forget, <laughs> you know, especially we're talking about unbelief and faith, you know, yeah. and, and juxtaposing them. Hey, he, he, he put it in there. Yeah. Why is it right. called a gift of faith? Now I know people who will say, well, no, you misappropriated. I don't, I don't get into all of that with people right, right. because it didn't say the gift of faith for healing only. There you go. It didn't say right. the gift of faith for a particular thing only. Right. That's right. It said the gift of faith. And I went to my father and my father, who's a good father, yes. Tisha, right? Yes. He's a good, good father who wants us to process and grow with him and come to him. Even when we're struggling to believe him, he still wants us to come to him. The Lord said to me one day, he said, you know, he said, even when somebody's mad at me and they come and they tell me they're mad at me, they're my children. He said, that's still faith. Yeah. That's right. I was right. like, man, that's, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Guilty. But uh, anyway, I, I wanted to say that, man, because I think it's, I think, I think that hopefully will help people. I'm looking at James one. Okay. And I'm looking at, let's, uh, verse five. If any of you lack wisdom, let mm. him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. Verse 6, but let him ask in faith 
with yeah. no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is considered a double-minded man and unstable in all his ways. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So what I'm getting here is, okay, I can have all the doubts I want, but I got to have some determination. Yeah. <laughs> I got to have some determination yeah, that yeah, I'm man. not going to doubt. So there's a war going on inside, right? Mm -hmm. Like you said a minute ago, yeah. Tisha. Oh, but you just saw it didn't work out for them. And oh, yeah. you know, you see that. And you know, you asked before and you didn't really get it exactly. Right. So, yeah, there's a war going on. But to me, then I have to become deliberate yeah. about choosing, simply choosing not to doubt. I can't tell you how many times I've, I've said... You know, I, you, you know, I tell my mirror story, right? Yeah, yeah. When I didn't believe I was a man of God, I was saved. I believed in Jesus. I asked him to come into my heart, right? Yeah. But I didn't feel very righteous. I didn't feel very saved, right? And I had to just look in that mirror, man. I did that for a long time. And I look at myself and say, you are a man of God. I was building my faith. I didn't even know I was yeah. building. I just felt led to do it. And I did it until all of a sudden I finally believed that I was a man of God. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think it's important for the people who are listening who may be struggling with what does faith look like? What does believing him look like? You know, yeah. Jesus made a statement. He said, he said, you know, the demons believe and they tremble. Mm -hmm. That's right. Yeah. You know, in other words, it ain't no big deal that you believe in, you believe that God exists. But you have to begin to believe in God. That's all the time we have for today. Thank you for joining us under the fig tree.